Hello and welcome friends. You are now listening to the new grad physical therapist success blueprint audio experience. I am the host of this podcast, Javier Carlin, the founder of the new grad PT mentors, where we help new grad physical therapists like yourself to become confident clinicians, increase their worth as PTs and take control of their finances without burning out or needing 10 plus years of experience. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to us. And if you have any questions at all, reach out to us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. If you haven't already, make sure to join our free Facebook group, New Grad PT Mentorship, and follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. In this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint Audio Experience, Dr. Javier is joined by Dr. Patricia Young, founder of Restore Physical Therapy and Wellness, a clinic specializing in women's health and postpartum pelvic floor care. With expansive experience in the field of physical therapy, tune in to hear Dr. Patricia's journey through physical therapy school with three kids, her ventures in home care, travel PT, working with Navy personnel, to eventually opening up her own integrative clinic that makes sure that patients' needs are always being met. Her story demonstrates that you can get through anything no matter what your circumstances are and that it is never too late to get started on your dreams. Welcome back to the New Grad PT Success Blueprint. My name is Javier Carlin, the host of this show. Today I have an amazing, amazing guest. Her name is Patricia Young. She specializes in treating pelvic floor disorders, including pelvic pain, urinary stress incontinence, urinary retention, and constipation. She has a passion for working with prenatal and postpartum clients. She is the owner of a private outpatient physical therapy clinic in Western Massachusetts, Restore Physical Therapy and Wellness, where they focus on pelvic health and orthopedics. She's had her practice for six and a half years. She's also currently creating an online program for postpartum women who have chosen to have their babies after the age of 35 so that she can address more specific needs of these amazing moms that she works with. Patricia, thank you so much for jumping onto the show. Thank you so much, Javi. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, can you give the, the listeners a glimpse of your journey before getting into PT school and then just dive into what your path looked like after graduating? Sure. So when before I was into PT school, I was a personal trainer for a while. I had gone to college at the University of Massachusetts and was in psychology. But having children after I graduated, I decided that I needed to find something that I could do part time. And I always loved working out and I was always at the gym and running races and what have you. So I decided, you know, how can I incorporate that? So I jumped into personal training and went to people's houses, but I shortly thereafter realized that I didn't have the skill sets that I wanted because a lot of um, adult children were hiring me to work with their parents who had been discharged from physical therapy. And a lot of them were quite ill still. So I figured I need to get into something that's going to give me a better you know, education and give me some more foundation on pathology. So that's when I decided to hop in and go to PT school. Excellent. And then, so what was it like, um, you know, throughout PT school and then, and then that first year out? Well, so the scoop is, is that I went back to PT school as a second career. I um, went back when I was in my late thirties and I was newly single parent. I had three children at the time that were um, 11, nine and four. So it was quite challenging. And at the same time, um, in order to help pay for it, I was also a TA in anatomy and physiology. 
So my date book was quite full. It was really challenging. I mean, to the point where I sometimes had to bring my kids to school if they were sick. So they would sleep in the back of the classroom on the plinths. Or they'd come to lab with me. My four-year-old used to come to cadaver lab. He didn't know what it was, of course, but <laughs> I would, I'd have to bring him because I had to go to school. There were times I had to be in lab at seven or eight o'clock in the morning and I was there late at night. So I, it was a challenge, but I was able to incorporate having kids, you know, work with me as they, as I went to school and support them while they were going to school. So it was a pretty unique situation. Wow. So when I graduated, one of my goals was to have a really great mentor. So it so happened that there was a gentleman who was a professor in my program who decided that he wanted to open up his own clinic. So he asked me to join him with his orthopedic clinic. So I went down from Massachusetts to Connecticut and I worked with him for a year. And um, because it was really important for me to have a wonderful mentor. And the reason I wanted to work with him is because he had been in the Navy, or he still actually was in the Navy, um, in the reserves. And I don't know if people know this, but if you're in the military, you have completely different privileges than civilians do with regard to your PT practice. In other words, when you're in the military, you can order blood work, you can order all these other kind of labs, you can order diagnostics like MRIs and CAT scans that we can't do. So because he had that education background and that he had access to so much, he was a brilliant teacher. So hmm. he could read everything and he could teach me how to read things and um, really have um, an educated approach to how he looked at his patients that were really complex. Wow. And I also got to work with um, a lot of the guys and women that were in the Navy because we were so close to the military base. So my first year out of school, I got a brilliant education and I, I stayed with them for three years. And then I moved back to Massachusetts and my objective at that point was I wanna expose myself to as many different situations, um, PT situations as I can to have a, a, a great breadth of knowledge with how, um, with how, what I get exposed to. So I did travel for a while, but the travel job brought me to outpatient orthopedics up in Vermont, and I stayed there a couple of years, which was awesome. And at the same time, I finished my DPT because the year I graduated with my master's, the DPT was just happening. Hmm. So we all had to hook up with the program and finish the last couple of courses. So I did that. And I did the uh, Manual Therapy Institute out of Plano, Texas. Okay. So we would send teachers up in our area every six weeks. We would spend 48 hours intensively for two and a half years intensively going over uh, orthopedic manual therapy and differential diagnosis. And that was probably one of the most brilliant moves I made in terms of advancing my, um, my PT uh, foundation. So after I had done um, the outpatient projects, then I did some more home care because it was real, it's a really interesting experience to be on your own. I mean, you're literally in a house with people who are quite ill at times and you're on. So I really learned a lot about communicating with the other medical staff and making sure the patient got what they needed. So by the time I was done this full scope of exposing myself to different learning experiences, I was ready to open up my own clinic because that was always my goal. I wanted to work for myself more than anything um, and also design 
an integrative clinic where I felt that the needs of the patients were being met from um, a PT point of view, nutrition, um, psychologically and emotionally. So um, the clinic that I run now, um, I guess I would advertise it as an integrative trauma-informed clinic. Hmm. We had we, we work very closely with psychotherapists who will come over and teach the staff about trauma and the effects of trauma on the body so that we have the best approach with them in terms of being sensitive to what their needs are. This is especially important in working with people who have pelvic floor disorders because if there's any incidents of sexual abuse or emotional abuse, physical abuse, it can have implications for uh, the pelvic floor and pain and what have you. So that has been an incredibly important part of our practice, as well as working closely with nutritionists because they can help patients who present with inflammation that manifests as pelvic pain as well. So we hmm. pull all these things together with the intention of providing the patient with the most integrative and supportive team of people that we can. I love that. Oh my goodness. So there's a, there's a lot to get out of this. So number one is, I don't want to hear anyone complain about having to go through PT school unless you have three or more <laughs> kids because <laughs> that is absolutely like incredible. It's, it's, it's so Thanks. amazing. Like no, no freaking excuses for anyone listening. <laughs> no, well, everybody's got their road, their journey. Oh no. man. No, that's that, that, that's, that must've been a challenge, but man, that, that's truly amazing. So that's number one. Number two, I think uh, the fact that you had such an amazing mentor and I, I didn't know, so I knew about the, the imaging, but I didn't know about the, the blood work aspect of it. Uh, so that's really cool. I kind of wish I would have had someone uh, like that in, in the Navy. Um, uh, so it's, it's not only the Navy, correct? It's army and from what I understand, it's all the military, all the military, all the yeah. military. So man, that I had no idea that that's really, really cool. So uh, anyone out there that wants to learn any of that, like, go go for it. Um, <laughs> find, find a mentor who, who has that, that ability. Cause right. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you learn so much from them. Um, and then I just love the approach that you have uh, for the clinic that, that you've been running now for six and a half years, uh, as far as having the nutritionist, you said it's a, a psychologist or? Yeah, well, we, yes, we have trauma and you know, people that do EMDR and trauma approach. Trauma to approach. Okay. So if I have somebody that comes in that talks to me about having been traumatized, right. I, have some, I have people that I can call and refer her to or him oh. to. I love that. I love that. So no, that's, that's truly amazing. So going back to, I mean, you had, it seems like you had, you know, a, a great plan after graduating PT school, as far as what you wanted to learn and who you wanted to learn it from. Mm -hmm. um, so going back to that point, was there anything that you were struggling with as, as a new grad PT? Um, I know it was like a, not a traditional path. Um, but yeah, would you say there's anything that, that you were kind of like struggling with? After graduating. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is how poorly they wanted to pay me when I got out of school. Okay. You know, that I, I found that the biggest challenge, and I know that still continues to be a challenge for all the new grads. Mm -hmm. That um, your, and, and I felt like I brought a lot to the table because I was an older student, you know, and mm -hmm. I had experience in other domains of my life that, that actually um, enhanced what I could do as a physical therapist, but it didn't seem to matter. I felt like um, they wanted to offer me work or a job that 
benefited them financially, but it didn't reimburse me for what I felt I need to make and pay my student loans back, especially taking student loans out 15, 20 years later mm-hmm. you know, than you would when you first graduate from high school. Definitely. So that, that would probably was my biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, it's still a challenge right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. You know, so much schooling that we have to go through so much debt and, um, and yeah, the, that's the only thing that doesn't go up. Everything else is going up except for the, <laughs> the, the um, you know, the salary for, for new grad PTs coming out, coming out of school. And um, I don't think it's changing anytime soon, unfortunately. But um, is there anything that you would have, like knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have done, done differently? Um, you know, yeah. that, that, okay. I love the school I went to. I'm not okay. going to say I didn't love the school. However, if I had to do it again, and I do tell the interns that I have that come through my office that I would go, would have gone to a public institution rather than paying the astronomical tuition from a private school. Because the bottom line is, is that the return on your investment is just not there. I mean, if you pay $60,000 a year to go to school for five, six, seven years, very different than paying $12,000 a year, you know? So I, I am very frugal when I talk to the students, like, you know what? get the information that you need to and then find great mentors when you're done because mm-hmm. basically you need to get a great education i'm not saying that but i think that education can be found in a state school and you need to connect with the right people and go to the right conferences and make sure that you just sort of color your world with this diverse group of people who can help you learn what you what your passion is mm-hmm. you know without, yeah. without it costing you so much that you can't afford to buy a house or get married or do whatever, have children, whatever you want to do, because your education totally is anchoring you um, to this debt. Right, right. So wait, so the school that you went to was $60,000 a year? No, I'm trying to think when I no, when I look back, I'm just saying now. No, (laughs) this was 15 years ago, but I have friends whose kids are paying $60,000 a year to go to school, which I think is ludicrous. Yeah, Um, that's that's insane. No way. No, I remember it was uh, $2,000 a credit. Okay, that's what's stuck in my brain. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know what the craziest thing? So this is a little bit off topic. Not not off topic, but um, I have a student like that started. a couple of days ago and she was telling me that for a semester where she's not even in school or she's actually interning here uh she's paying fourteen thousand dollars yeah i know that's exactly that's absurd absurd i i think i pay like six which is still insane but fourteen thousand dollars when you're not in school you're not using the facilities they, they didn't help her find this spot right. um we don't get any of it that's for sure <laughs> so is she is the fourteen thousand dollars paying for her credit to work for you I get like internship credit. I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 That I I, it's absurd. But, okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> in other news. <laughs> so, so, uh, can you tell us more? I know you spoke about, you know, your practice, uh, uh, restore physical therapy and wellness. Can you tell us more about, cause I know that's something you always wanted to do. Can you tell us more about what kind of was that driving force that finally finally pushed you into starting a business? Was it after you felt like you had acquired enough knowledge or did something happen that was like, all right, like that's it. I, I have to make this leap. It, no, well, the knowledge part was important, of course, because yes. I, I, also, I didn't want to go out on my own and not feel like I had a foundation that I could serve people with. But the driving force was the exhaustion that I experienced working in the hospital or okay. 
and having to see 20 patients a day. And I remember one time, one place I walked in and I said, where are my patient files? Oh, you need to go pull them. I'm like, really? <laughs> what else do I need to do? <laughs> it, was like, it was like, I never could do enough. We could never do enough. And then we were expected to dovetail patients. And I worked at a clinic one time where I was seeing sometimes six or seven people at once because it was workman's comp. And we had people on all these plinths on the room and you're running from one patient to the next, making sure they have what they wanted. By the end of the day, I was like, what am I doing here? Plus, I don't feel like I was, I was giving good care. And right. the fear, you go home with the fear, oh, did I miss something? Did I screen them for this? Did I screen them for that? The whole liability piece was sacrificed for profit. And that's what made me nervous. Mm. So I said, well, the, I, I, I'm not going to change that working for somebody else. The only way I'm going to change that is to practice on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And one of the beauty, see, at one point I was debating between being a physician assistant because I couldn't go to medical school with kids. I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I could be a PA or a PT. And the driving force was well, with PT. I had my own license. That was the driving force. I was able to be independent and work for myself versus a PA. I'd be always attached to somebody. Mm -hmm. So in being the PT with a license, I could open up my own clinic and I felt like the sky was the limit. Right. That's funny. That's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I, I felt I went through the exact same thing. I was like PA, PT, mm -hmm. pharmacy. I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Nursing school. No, thank you. I, yeah. Nurses are great, but no thanks. <laughs> um, so I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, I, I never thought I wanted to open up a practice initially. Um, and that's just a, a story for another time. But um, but definitely, like, I, I never wanted to not I, – I, it's like so – like when you feel like you're stuck or you're limited or something's holding you back from even the thought of doing your own thing, like definitely. So I'm glad we both went this route for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I think that's what happens to, to many, you know, PTs that open up their own practice is that they see the crap for lack of a better words that, um, that we have to kind of, you know, go through and put our patients through. And we know it's not the right thing. It's not, it's not great for, for them at all. Um, right. and it's, it, it, there's this, the, you know, this point you hit a wall and you're like, like, I can't take it anymore. So the only other option, like you said, is either, I mean, you can become a, a professor, <laughs> you can, which I mean, if you like teaching it, that's cool. Um, you can go open up your own practice or completely jump out of the profession, which is sad because I think a lot of people actually do that and they start doing other things. And it's like, you just spent like so much time in school and going through this. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we love what we do, but it, it can lead to burnout if it's not, uh, if the system or the model isn't um, the right one. So. It's funny because people ask me, wasn't it scary to open up your own business? And I, my thought was, it's no more scary than working crazy hours and being run into the ground. Yes. I, I felt like I had nothing to lose because yeah. it was so bad uh, working in an environment where I felt like I was just a minion on the assembly line. Wow. And it wasn't yeah. what I wanted to do at all. Yeah, it's like how how much worse can it get, right? <laughs> exactly. It was uh, at least at least if I messed up or things didn't go right, I had to look at myself and what I could change in it. But there was nothing I could do in a corporation where they just had. The, I, I appreciate the fact they have their profit margin and they have their productivity, but human beings can't be made products. You know, right. we're, not, we're not commodities. We we're human beings that need to 
have our, our needs met. And the only way I could do it in a manner that I felt fit my moral compass was to do it the way I want to do it, which was in my own practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a great point. And I think, uh, I think, you know, that the fact is that when, when you have control, it's just take, taking control and responsibility for the results that you get. And when you're an entrepreneur, when you have your own business, like you basically create the results and, uh, either good or bad, it's, it's on us, but having that control makes it just so much easier, at least for me, like you said, I don't, when you feel like you don't have control and you can't change things like that's when stuff just sucks really bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so definitely it, it's, it is nice knowing that like, good or bad, whatever the result is, it's up to you, but you also have the ability and the control to change it and, and make it better. Right. Um, which is really, really nice. So I know you started, um, you're like in the process of starting the second, your second business, which is now an online program, which we briefly talked about in the beginning in the bio. So right. would you mind telling us more about, about that and what that looks like? And, um, yeah, mm -hmm. just tell, tell us all about it. Yeah. So I've been spending the past year sort of gathering information together based on what patients have told me. Because in the clinic, my forte, the people I love working with is prenatal and postpartum. Now, I live in Massachusetts, and I live in a college area, a five college area. So I see a lot of professors and professional people. And what that means demographically a lot of times is that the new moms tend to be older because they, you know, they finish school, they finish their PhDs, and they're not having babies till like 35 to 40, which the... Um, OBGYNs categorize them as advanced maternal age and or geriatric, um, which mm. they do not like that label. <laughs> oh my goodness. So as the PT, um, they come to us for um, their prenatal care and their postpartum pelvic floor care, which is wonderful. And what I'm trying to do is be very mindful of what their needs are as an older mom versus a younger mom, because many of them are going back into a high pressured career while they still have small children or they're postpartum only six weeks sometimes or 12 weeks and they're tired. So what I'm trying to address with them is, uh, and I've been researching this past year is tell me what your struggles are and um, how best PT can help you. And what we've noticed is, is one, they weren't aware that PTs could do this kind of work, which I think is across the board, no matter, regardless mm -hmm. of the age of the, of the mom, um, and how we can construct a plan of care for them that will assist them taking care of themselves at home, but also being able to integrate feeling better when they go back to work. And, and teaching them about what different support systems they have. Like where we live right now, the doula system is very big. The Green River doula system that we have here is women who take care of the mom. And so I connect with them to, to educate women on you can have a doula be with you in labor and a doula afterwards um, to come to your home and, and help with that, um, as well as um, getting them into group classes in our place and doing support groups um, for new moms and what have you. So I'm what I really want to make sure when I do this when, when I finish this program is that we're addressing all the components that she has sleeping well the hormonal changes is she eating well? Um, does she have the right support a lot of women that are here are transplants because of their either their spouses or themselves having a new job at the university 
So they don't have the family support that they need. So I really um, am trying to encompass that piece and be mindful of it. So um, yeah, so when we look at all the steps of this program, my intention is to hit upon all the little components that she needs to consider in order to feel like she's being held during her postpartum period. Got it. I, I, that, that is awesome. I love that. I love that. I think it's going to be a, a big hit. And it's also something like you said, um, that no one, no one really knows that we do and no one knows where to get the help because no, no, right. there's really nothing like that out there. So I so, feel like besides the PT piece, yeah, we're networkers. Like I feel like when she comes in and says, well, this is happening and I'm missing this, we know who to call and who to connect them with. Like try right. this person. Or try, I, I feel like right now, having been in practice for six and a half years, I have people that if I don't have the answer, I can connect them with. So maybe mm. they can find the answer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think the, the best thing about PT, and I, I know there's a lot of, I mean, especially nowadays with everything with like, you know, the debt and, you know, having to see a high volume and whatnot. At the end of the day, we still spend more time with our patients than uh, any, any other profession. So we still have that. And that gives us, a, gives us an ability to build like good, really, really great relationships with our patients and really dive in and, and figure out what their needs are outside of just physical therapy. And when you combine that with, you know, the networking and, and building relationships with other providers and other people in other professions that, that like you, like you said, like you provide that integrative, um, uh, wellness type type of scenario like that, that is the best thing that we can do for our patients and then finding people that we trust that are actually really good at what they do and actually care like mm -hmm. we do. Um, right. that, that is great. So are you planning on, on doing something similar with, with the actual online program as well? Like bringing other people from different, different yes. scopes. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's, I oh. think about each module. Like I have, okay. I have my go-to women that I want to interview for the different modules so that they add their flavor to it because that's yes. area of expertise. I don't right. to be an expert in all the areas I want to cover, but yeah, I think that's great because then I can connect people online with these other people. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So, so what's next for you? What are, what are your biggest goals for 2019? My biggest goals is I want to start a retreat center. Okay. So I just, started organizing um, where I live right now. I moved um, to the northern part of Massachusetts up on the Vermont, New Hampshire line. So I'm out in the woods near the mountains where there's lots of hiking trails and kayaking in the Connecticut River. And I am putting together a retreat center here. So I've started treating patients one day a week, just start threading it in. And we have a postpartum group planned for June 8th, where we're going to have it catered and we are going to take immaculate care of these new moms, um, have them come in, give them lunch and answer any questions they have, ask them what kind of needs or struggles that they're having with their postpartum period and connect them with the right people and give them um, information on how we might be able to better support them. And with that, we hope to build on that and actually do more conferences in that area so that we can bring in different, um, different disciplines and really get a handle on how we best support the new moms. 
Excellent. So tell us more about the, the actual retreat because we were talking about this a little bit, a little bit before the podcast. So, cause I, I love, I love what you're doing and, and like the vision that you have for it. And of course you're starting off in one spot, but then your, your, your big goal is to go somewhere else. So would you mind telling, telling no. us more about that? Yeah. So, so I'm working with some other people that have nothing to do with PT, but have that are, um, wonderful with working with the land. So they're helping me design the gardens around my house. We have goats, we're getting chickens and ducks and we have dogs. And what I want to do is create like a healing sanctuary. So that's what I'm calling it, the Northfield Sanctuary. I love that. So people can come and they can have their treatment, but then they can go sit out in the garden and they can or go hang out with the animals because I feel that it's important for people to connect with the earth as part of their healing process and being able to just be back in nature takes the central nervous system down, which is what we're always working with people on because their pain is so highly correlated with where their central nervous system is high, high off the charts. So if we can bring them to a place that's actually healing in and of itself, besides doing the PT, I feel that that sort of, brings everything full circle. Mm -hmm. So what I was thinking was, is that this is sort of my initial canvas. I'm going to do a test run here, which is smaller scale than what I'm thinking, because my end goal is to, I want to get a place where I can have horses and, um, and have people do maybe equine therapy, not necessarily riding, but working with animals that are very sensitive. Okay. Um, I'm, I want a place where people could probably come and stay overnight and they can, okay. they can eat good food from the garden and we can talk about just a general healing of the body. So we could do anything from postpartum uh, people who are having chronic pain to people who are going through midlife transition, what have you, but really having a, a, a source that people can come to where they can hang out for a while and sort of gather themselves back together and truly heal. Beautiful, beautiful. Is that is that a picture of it behind you by any chance? Is that a drawing of it? Oh no, I paint. I was just. <laughs> oh, I was like, I was wondering if you if you painted like the like your the vision, what you wanted to look like. No, I should do. I should do that too. You should, yeah. If you paint, yeah. that that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, that that. Yeah, so that's my. Those are my projects that are sort of encircling me right now. Yeah, yeah. You have you have a lot going on. I do. I do. I'm very excited. I'm very yeah. Excited. It's, it's exciting. It's inspiring. And I can't wait to, to see it all come to fruition. So Patricia, thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast. Uh, where, where can people find you if, if they want to just learn more about you or maybe, uh, you know, reach out and, and just have a great conversation with you? Sure. Absolutely. Well, our website is www.restorewell.com. And that brings you to our clinic and tells you all about what we do. And it's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for, for jumping on again. I, I really, really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you so much, Abby. All righty. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. If you have any questions or would like to speak to us directly about your New Grad PT experience, please do not hesitate to contact us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. As always, we welcome you to join our free 
New Grad PT Mentorship group on Facebook. And we'd also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. If you can think of at least one person who can benefit from listening to this episode today, please be sure to share it with them. We look forward to seeing you and them on the next episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. Thank you. Have an amazing day.